Alrighty, welcome back. Uh, band on Band, it's the BSM podcast where we get members of bands to talk about their favourite BSM bands. It's it's wonderfully simple and effective. On this week's episode, uh, we have Andrew from The Fall of Troy, and we sit down and have a conversation about BSM cult classic band, Second Smile. Great stuff. Hello world, welcome back to another episode of Band on Band. Uh, this week I am joined by the wonderful Andrew from the band The Fall of Troy. Hello, good morning, how are you? Hey Connor, I'm doing well. Doing well as possible, I think. Right? Yeah, in, in yeah. these times, if, if everyone's just happy and fine at home, I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, we want to talk about Second Smile. I mean, definitely one of my favorite top you know top top 10 bands of all time wow i love to yeah. hear it um tell yeah. me about the first time you discovered them and how that made you feel on the inside how your <laughs> head was everything about it yeah uh so it probably was 2004 or early 2005 but i think 2004 we had a you know this was in the early the dark ages of the internet and we had a uh a forum on our website and one of the you know sub forums was like a self-promotion uh forum and people would post their their bands in there um hoping to i assume glean some some fans off of us and so <laughs> you know occasionally we would pop in there and just listen you know we 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 hear lots of demos over the years and uh some better than others um, yeah, as always yeah yeah you know <laughs> this might be too much info and I, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings but we used to have a, a record label uh, named Roadside Records and, and we would sign people to it all the time you know we would just we'd get a good demo listen to it yeah. in the van and immediately sign them to Roadside awesome um, yeah so uh, but um, so, so I don't know I'm sure I popped in there someday and uh noticed a post from somebody i assume ross um but maybe mm. kev and uh it was a band called second smile and they had posted up this single from their ep ep is called uh i'm not romeo you're not juliet and uh it, it was the first time i think we had heard a band that um was like maybe influenced by us but for sure uh, shared the same influences as us mm. that was doing something that we we were like blown away by um, and I forget I always forget the name of the song it's like to, to all poets unite and hate or whatever but you know it had like shreddy guitars and tapping and like you know brutal screaming and it really uh, it felt like um like being a ship at sea and then like, you know, seeing another ship like lost at sea and then seeing somebody else. And, you know, it's not like we were some totally unique band, but at the time it really felt like we were doing our own thing and, uh, to like find out, Oh no, there's these, there's these other people out there who are doing a thing that's like, you know, so cool. Mm. I, I guess a, a better way to describe it would be 
what we were trying to do was write music that was interesting to us mm. because you know the, they're I think ultimately that's like the the most fulfilling thing you write music that you want to listen to Absolutely. and uh yeah and so then to hear like another band who and we, of course like we're like all right we know what we like but to hear another band do something that was so like perfectly aligned with what we were into at the time yeah it really felt like oh these guys get it um <laughs> you know and like and I'm sure there was also like a little bit of like, uh, you know, art's not a competition, but, yeah. but bands love to compete. And, and oh, so absolutely. there was some like, oh man, these, these guys are like coming in hot. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it, game. exactly. Yeah. It really felt like, oh man. Um, yeah. So I, I think it was just like exciting. If, if mm. I was going to use one word, it was really exciting to hear a band, um, on our like forums, mm. you know, who, who were, in my mind, like as good or better than us. So, uh, again, you know, music's not a competition, but no, I think that's great, especially because there's, there's been a, a, there hasn't been a website or a, a platform that's brought that sort of community together since MySpace or since people created their own domains back in the day. Um, with your, with your classic top eights, I can imagine second smile straight in there. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm (laughs) sure they were in our top eight, you know, uh, I, I think like, you know, so we heard that demo, right? And then, uh, sh- like, probably a year after that, maybe less, but we were on tour, our first UK tour with uh, The Bled and Fear Before mm-hmm. the March of Flames. And uh, we played, I want to say it's called the Wedgwood Rooms in Portsmouth. Oh, the, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. The Wedgwood Rooms, yeah. That's right, yeah. And, uh, you know, it was, a, like, a crazy show for us. Our gear showed up super late and that we were up first. And so, like, the crowd was waiting, you know, uh, people were throwing bottles. We were kind of like, Textbook. and this is our first show. Uh, I mean, this is our first show in the UK ever. So we're like, holy shit. Uh, <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I also think it was the day after Thanksgiving, um, which right. obviously you guys don't care about. But, like, the the we had been there the day before. So the um, the venue had, like, given us a Thanksgiving dinner, which was so sweet. That's nice. Um, but anyway, so we had this, you know, the gear like gets loaded straight on stage. We play this like crazy 20 minute set. And then afterward, Ross is there and he uh, he gave me the demo um, for Walking the Light and Reach for the Sky. And I, mm. I remember thinking like because I think, um, you know, Ollie had quit the singer from the first EP was no longer in the band. And uh, I kind of remember thinking like, oh, I don't know if this is going to be, you know, the same or whatever. And then like we popped it in. And, uh, you know, we were like immediately blown away in a, in a different, they, they had clearly evolved, um, in, in like the best way possible. So I kind of, I had like two first, you know, I got to hear them for the first time twice really. Yeah. And then, yeah, after, after hearing that demo, we thought, oh, we got to tour with these guys and, and do more stuff. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so great yeah. that you can, um, connect with someone, especially so far away from home. Like there's obviously a big relationship between the US and the UK music scene but even back in what 2004 five six it must have been it must have felt like you'd got a like a a musical and digital pen pal all of a sudden absolutely I was uh I was thinking about that because I was trying to think you know how did we talk to them because we weren't none of none of us were big emailers and then um you know I was listening to their albums uh in preparation for this and then you know there's a song on the the last album called um aspen fears and that was ross's aol screen name for 
a long time. And so I'm sure we were, we were taught, that was how we, you know, talked to them was AOL instant messenger. And it, it really day, brought me back. Mail. Yeah. Yeah. yeah some hotmail, yeah. maybe some my, MySpace <laughs> direct messages or something, but. Cause you, you can't just ping someone a, a DM and say, oh, I'm going to, do you want a quick FaceTime or do you want a, like a WhatsApp yeah. call? You've got to coordinate no, no. the digital hangouts. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it really, it felt like, um, yeah, it felt more quaint, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. Less, less accessible. It was like, I, I imagine, you know, pre, even pre-internet what it was like a little bit where you, you kind of, you got these updates from people, but it wasn't mm. the constant communication we have now. Yeah. I, I feel like I have that with, um, some of like the, elder members of my like family's friendship group where you talk to like an auntie who you haven't spoken to in five years and then all yeah. of a sudden you're like writing emails paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs but I feel like when you were on MySpace or when you were back in the day on AOL or something like that you would you would just those conversations would happen it wouldn't be so instant and you would yeah. go away and you'd be like oh I've just been writing and demoing oh same over here and you just like it doesn't feel like it has to be so instant which is kind of is kind of beautiful in a way yeah, I, I miss that. I, I think about that frequently where um, you're always on right now. Everybody has mm. to be always on. And mm. uh, and it's been especially like, you know, everyone's working from home now. So you're mm. even more there's Aware no separation. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I missed um, I miss those times. You know, it was always cool. Like you, they'd post an update on MySpace or something and, and we'd be like, oh, they're, you know, they're doing a cool European tour with, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, jetpacks or you know right like uh stuff like that um so yeah it was it it felt very it felt very cool I think. well you get the, the classic just uh dot 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 in the studio oh yeah yeah perfect <laughs> yeah yeah so so mysterious and uh build that hype yeah yeah that's right yeah yeah it was different different times you know there was no like algorithm to to uh game it was really a little bit more classical um hype building yeah, absolutely. Um, talk yeah. me through, um, because, I mean, we always ask on this podcast, like, what your favorite yeah. uh, record from this band's discography are, and, and you came back to me via email, and just like, <laughs> I'm going to talk about all of them because they're all good. Yeah. So here, here's your platform. <laughs> For sure. Uh, I mean, so, yeah, so I, t I said, you know, we heard that first song, and that then I think somebody, I feel like my brother got me the EP for Christmas that year or something. <laughs> Happy um, Christmas. It was great. Yeah. And actually since then he, he re-gifted it cause we, you know, CDs obviously fell out of fashion like yeah. shortly after that. And then he, he must've found it somewhere and he gave me the CD again a, a few years ago and I thought, oh, oh this, is, this is still really good. Um, yeah. So the, the first one, different singer, Ollie, mm. heavier, I think than the, the later ones. Um, yeah, that was really, it really it really felt like a, you know aggressive uh technical just like non-stop you know from the from the get-go four songs of just like balls to the wall um mm. and we i had I that think for like, a while here at that time like where towards, that, that was the style yeah towards like uh 05 06 07 i feel like there was a lot of bands that would would come out and were trying to like replicate a certain style that wasn't as popular over here as it was in the States. And like, yeah, then it sort of went into the mafia world as well. Right. Like during that time, I, you know, when I think of the like UK music scene as a whole, 
during that time, it's really like indie, right? Isn't mm-hmm. that the that was like the hot thing? It was the popular stuff. I was not a right, popular like, kid. <laughs> I mean, same. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was like you know Arctic Monkeys and stuff like that, right? And, yeah. Uh, Libertines is that a they're, Pete Doherty, right? Yeah. They're all they're all up there on top of the. Anyway, pops. yeah, none of you know none of that was never that interesting to me. So to hear hear a. Uh, a band that like clearly liked at the drive-in and like um you know uh probably refused and like yeah. stuff like that i thought heavy oh, yeah, influences this, yeah 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 absolutely and they you know they did like the tricks right the like the pull-offs and the mm-hmm. the tapping and um definitely like i think that first album is probably more maybe not i don't know it's, it's, it's always hard to tell but like more mathy you know they they uh, an interesting thing about them to me is like they do the same thing that I always hope we do, which is they have um, kind of mathy parts, but um, when you're like listening to it, it doesn't feel like, hey, we jammed a, a, a seven eight part in here. You just you're like grooving, and then you're like, oh, this kind of you know this seems a little weird. And then if you mm. count it out, you're like, oh, that's you know it's not in four four. And I, that's always the, you know, I think anyone can write like a thirteen eight part or whatever right it, but like to to do something that's non not three four or four four and make it like groove that's the trick and so yeah I, they they are so good at that um it's accessible and i think that's yeah. like a real real art to it like you said like anyone well not anyone but a, a good guitarist can sit down and and work out something that's technically impressive and difficult to count along to but if you can uh put that functionality and and uh riff and guitar skills within a 4-4 beat and it still not sound like 4-4 I think you get a lot of people who can nod to it and be like oh this this is technical but I enjoy it and it's not right. pushing me away exactly yeah the, the like um the technicality is secondary to the the song right um yeah. as opposed to being like the feature and so yeah, yeah I think they're they're really good at that um especially on that first EP you know uh so yeah okay so first EP I'm like interest is peaked um but i'm like let's hear some more and you know again this is kind of like back in the day where you're not getting daily updates there's no you know there's no Mm -hmm. like feed so burning through that every day just just desiring more waiting oh absolutely and also wondering you know this is like you're kind of because there's a lack of information you're kind of wondering like are they even still a band you know uh, yeah yeah and so then you know uh Ross shows up out of the blue, like at our first UK show ever. Um, and it was like, it really, it's so cool looking back on it because of the like relationship we've had since then. But it really felt like, man, what a big and small world, right? Yeah. Um, that like a stupid band from Muckle Teo could go play in England and, you know, meet up randomly with this guy, not randomly, but like unexpectedly with this guy who is in a band that we love. So, yeah. Yeah, then that so that then like I said that second album Walk in the Light Reach for the Sky. I you know, I after listening to them all, I think for me, I don't I'm not I'm not going to say that's the best album, but for me that one has the most nostalgia and like, you know, uh warm and fuzzy feelings, I think, mm. just because of the everything else that was going on at the time um, yeah. for us. So uh I think it's how crazy eight, is it that, that they Oh, go ahead. That, that just saying how crazy is it that you I know we, we talked about it a couple of times now, but you, you come to the UK for the first time and you just happen to be handed this CD from a, from a guy that 
is in a band that you really like. I mean, like, the stars aligned to that. You could have been in, like, a shitty mood. You could have not wanted to talk to anyone. You could have been pissed off because people were throwing bottles at you. And it just merged into such a beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean, um, not, not only what did he, like, give us the CD, but it was the CD wasn't out. You know, it was this was, like, um, I don't know if it was mastered or what, but so it felt like not only am I getting a, a CD from like a band I'm a fan of, but I'm getting it before everybody else. Yeah. You know, it, it really felt like, Sinker. yeah, it was like, man, this is so cool. What a, like, <laughs> it was one of those moments where I was so grateful to, um, be doing what I was doing because like, if you're a second smile fan, if you're ba- basically, if you're any other second smile fan, you don't get to have that experience. And so yeah, for itself, it, yeah, it felt like very personal and, exciting um and you know yeah we i'm sure we listened to it that night uh this on that tour it's the only tour we've ever done in a bus uh we Mm. split we split a bus with fear before the march of flames and so i i'm sure we went to the back lounge you know put in the album and just were like loving it uh yeah yeah, eight, eight eight songs you know it's just i in listening to it i realized they are kind of the kings of like um, good first part and then transition into this like different, beautiful second part of the song. They're, they're mm-hmm. the, um, without, fe- without it feeling like jammed together, they always have these like beautiful bridges that lead into these beautiful second halves of the song. Um, yeah. Uh, they, you know, they always reminded me of like, I love Minus the Bear. No, like no Great question, band. but uh, yeah, absolutely. But they they always reminded me of like a little bit of what I hoped minus the bear, not could be, but like if I was like, oh, here's the changes I would make to minus the bear. They, yeah. they did it, you know. They they went heavy uh, at times where I wanted it, and they mm-hmm. um, you know they write. There's like an amazing like acoustic song on that album. Uh, yeah, I just think it's funny too listening to it back now. Like in my mind, the the first track was like my favorite, but then it turns out like, oh no, actually, I think uh, there's a song on that album called Astronauts that's kind of like midway through, and I think it was actually the single from the album um, or one yeah, of them. I think them, it was as well. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I you know, uh, yeah. So I, I think that's like probably my favorite song on the album. But we, you know, so we eventually we got that CD like the the released version of it i think i'm sure when we toured with them and yeah. it like uh it lived in our van in the u.s like i i think it was never more than like a foot away from the the cd player for years um <laughs> yeah so just you know loved it uh like i said we were always uh, i'm not concerned but like when you lose the lead singer you kind of feel like oh is it gonna like be hot it's always moved a little bit yeah absolutely and then you know, Ross t- stepped up and was like such a, um, not a replacement, but like, you know, he, he did his own thing and it worked as well, if not better than what Ollie mm-hmm. had done. And so, yeah, really that, at that point I thought, oh man, you know, I had loved that first EP, but like now I'm like, oh, these guys are legit, right? Yeah. Not, not that they weren't before, but it really felt like this is like a force to be reckoned with and it's not like a flash in the pan one off. Oh, they had like a great EP, but then everything else sucks. Uh, yeah. They came into their own. They sort of, they grew up a little bit, almost grew into their sound and were like, 
no messing around we're here now we've got eight yeah. songs which is mad yeah. that you call that an album in, in that time <laughs> i mean it feels uh like not enough and just right because yeah. you know you don't i think especially even now um asking somebody to listen to a whole album feels like a lot you know the the like yeah. attention span myself included is like so much shorter than previously so if I even though that I think the album's still you know album length forty plus minutes or whatever, but if I see eight yeah. track titles, I'm like I can, I can do that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that I, I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then, and then you know we out. toured with them a Right, right. Well, you know we we spent some time with them and and uh, got to know them and that was very cool. But then yeah, years years came out. I I remember hearing again like uh you know like a a letter arrived in the mail or whatever. And it was like, <laughs> we're, we're recording in Brooklyn. And I thought, I Oh man, this, well, you know, it really, it still, it felt like that where it was. And this is, you know, what, 2007, 2008. Yeah. Uh, it felt, still felt like you were just getting these isolated updates, but yeah, they, you know, they were in America, like recording. I'm like, this album's going to be amazing. And, uh, it was, you know, it, it, it still is. It has all the like same elements that I loved in the the previous album, but um, like sounded better, right? The production was like a little bit better. That there, you know that first track on the album, there's this like um, little like pause in the music, and then it, it comes back in with like the most ripping tapping part where they're just like you know doing this like build with the the, the guitar just like shredding, and I mm-hmm. you know uh, of course like listening to that, I had that like same first feeling. Um, that I he- felt when I heard the the song on the forums, where I'm like, man, dude, they're I mean they're doing it, they get it, uh, you know, which was so cool. It's so rare to for me to hear a band and then every time they come out with something new, I'm like, it's as good, if not better, than the last one. Yeah. Um, you Constantly know, grubbing. absolutely, yeah, and that you know, I think at that time too, they had added. <laughs> the, the third guitar player, uh, Tom Tom Two, or the Jazzer, as as I think he became known. Um, Three guitars are always better than two guitars. I mean, I think that is like that is like walking a tightrope, um, you know. And and I this is another thing I was like thinking about when I was listening to it is that they have three guitar players and it never feels like too much. It never feels and it never feels um, useless, right? Like every mm every part if you took away any of the parts the song would not be as good and that that is such a feat of writing to have you know three people on the same instrument that aren't stepping all over each other and like the tones are recorded just right so that it you know you can still pick them out but there's enough synergy between them that it sounds like more you know it's more than three right um yeah the sum is greater than the parts. so i remember we were all like dude three guitars are you kidding me like Dude, I mean, because we're a three piece, so you know we're like, you just really only need one. Just yeah. make them do, make them do more. <laughs> but, just make them really good. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> but they're like the the best counter argument to that. That like, no, you can do three if you do it really well. And they, you know, the the um, two Toms and Ross are like, we're just always so locked in. And so yeah, uh, that album was like a maturation of the previous stuff. It really felt like, you know, the like 
the kind of like um, down tempo, low key songs were uh, a little bit more like fully fleshed out, and mm. the like the heavy stuff was was still there, but like tastier somehow. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think like we were all super excited for what was you know next, right? Because now again, like this is the track record for us is like first EP, amazing, big change, you know, first full length, amazing. And then another change and then, you know, full length, amazing. And so uh, for us, we're like, where are they going to top out? Right. Like, where can this band go? Exactly. Yeah. It was so exciting. And then, you know, I, I think around that time is when we really started having, I mean, <laughs> started having is probably not the right way, but we continued having uh, personal problems in the band. Like, and so I think whatever our awareness of what they were up to kind of like dwindled because we were just kind of focused on our own nightmare sure. and so yeah yeah I, I just remember hearing you know hearing that they were done um and being like so bummed and mm. it really felt like you know tragic but also like what a great legacy to leave you know three three pieces of art that are like perfect i mean really the there's nothing absolutely yeah there's nothing on those on those albums that i think would they wouldn't be better off without it so um. Yeah, I love. Uh, you know, the original question was like, talk about the albums. I love all of them. You <laughs> no, know, I liked it. Yeah, they're they're all just like, a, they're all a different. Each album is a different band, right? And and they're mm-hmm. all, but there is a through line, and and you can tell that. I was thinking about this too. You know, if you if somebody played me a new Second Smile song, I guarantee you, I'd know it was Second Smile in the first thirty yeah. seconds. Like they had yeah. such a unique voice. Um. Yeah, you know, I, I miss them. I'm, you know, and they've all gone on to do other stuff, um, but there's n- none of it, none of it scratches that same edge for me. So, I, I mean, I'll, I'll start the campaign now. New, new second smile album. The world needs it. Get the GoFundMe going. That's right. Get the boys back together. <laughs> get the GoFundMe. I'm sure Kev will, you know, it'll come He'll out. Put some it'll, money into it. It'll be fine. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It'd be good. It's, uh, it's advert time. Yep, we thought we'd break up the wonderful conversation and chuck an advert into it because that's what professional podcasts do and I won't hear anything else. We are a professional podcast. Anyway, talking to my good friend Andrew from The Fall of Troy, they uh, released a new album this year. I know, How 2020 release a new album. Uh, it's very good. Obviously, it's good because we released it. Um it's great if you like Fall of Troy, if you like the tapping, if you like the intensity, it's, uh, it's the one for you. It doesn't, it doesn't stop you know, from the moment you press go to the end, riffs and hits. And uh, that's, uh, that's the sales pitch. If you like riffs and you like hits, it's, uh, this one's for you. Um, that'll do it. From... From my perspective, being on this side of the world around that time, there were so many bands that would would come and go in such like a in like a flash of light almost. Um, Second Smile obviously had quite a few years behind them, but it, it felt like they were they were in and out of the pan so quickly. Um, there was you would go to a gig and you would see like the one band that's in all the publications, and there'd be like three or four bands behind them, and they would be like, "Yeah, I've got a second album out," or "This is our last show." Yeah. It was like such a knife yeah. edge here at that time, and. I, don't, I mean, maybe it wasn't that people were putting money into rock music at that time, but there's so many, like, cult bands here that I think 
will always stand the test of time. Second Smile being one of them. Um, what are, are there some other band. ones you could you want to tell me so I can listen to them? Oh, I mean, most of them are just on the BSM roster. Like uh, yeah, yeah, there Lewis it is. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mimi and St. Louis love them. So good. Yeah. I think d- there's d- did you know there's only like one piece of vinyl for Second Smile, and I think it's a us like a one side is them and one side is Mimi and St. Louis. I could be wrong about that, but. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that I think I think that's correct. Yeah, I don't. Who knows? I would have to do some fact that's checking totally on fair. that. Yeah, but yeah. most of them, most of them were around that sort of time and around that sort of uh, that sort of just outside London scene, like mm. like Color and oh, like Hold Your Horses. Do you know? No, them? yeah, I'll check them out. That they're, they're quite good. Yeah. It's, uh, I'll send you a link afterwards. Um, but it, it seemed like that scene was like very hot for a minute and then disappeared. Yeah, and. It, it feels like we haven't had that for for a while. Let, let, um, let me ask, because now I got you on the hook. There's this band we toured with, with Second Smile and Daughters. Uh, they're called the Miramar Disaster, who, like, I loved. I don't know if that would be in that same realm, but they were great. No, no. I do don't not know, know them, okay. but that's a great, that's a great band. Yeah, they're, they're great. Uh, yeah, they're... There's so many bands. I felt like, specifically back in that MySpace world, yeah. you could... You could have a, you could discover a fa- like your favorite band on Monday, and then by Sunday they'd be broken. Absolutely, up. yeah. Or it'd be like someone's personal project who just puts an EP up on right. Yeah, and yeah. Then they're like, yeah. That's why I've done what I needed to yeah, do. Yeah, that that is a hundred percent why it felt so special when like we got that first full length, you know, ahead of time because it really it felt. You're right. It was like a knife's edge where you're, you know, they're either breaking up or they're gonna do a bunch exactly. of stuff. Yeah. Talk to me about touring with them. You alluded to it. That must have been again, as a as as a fan. Yeah, it's the. I mean, that's what you hope for, right? Is to best tour you've done. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, I I think about those. Those tours are like um, formative because there are first. You know, that first tour in the UK with the Blood and Fear before we it really didn't feel like we were inside of the UK. Like we were we weren't sharing it with somebody from the country. Right. So it's, it's really Mm -hmm. hard to have any insight into what, what it really feels like to like be a part of that scene. You know, we were showing up on a bus loading in and then like waking up in the next town, which is planning and going. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's fine, but that's not, um, the most joy I've ever gotten out of touring is like when you're, when you're like hanging out at the party, you know, that the house party after the show, whatever, right. With like the locals, that's, I mean, that is like the, the fun part of touring or that's one of the fun parts, I guess, that and being on stage. Or stopping in service right. stations. Oh, man, that, that is like another, you know, there's so many like small differences between the U.S. and the U.K. And that service station thing is like, you know, was crazy to us the first time we stayed at like a Formula One or something. And we're like, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like a it's all here. Whereas at the U S in the U S like you get off on an exit and you're just like in a town and you, you're like, you know, you find yeah. whatever. So the, yeah, that, you know, that culture is interesting. Um, and how everything's new, no matter where you stay yeah, and where yeah. you stop, you're like, this service station is completely different to the one we stayed in yesterday. That's right. Or when you go into Europe and you go from Belgium to France and you're like, Oh, I need to pay to use the oh, bathroom. Yeah. Now. God. Yeah, man. All <laughs> that. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So I, we, our first tour with them was, uh, was probably like six or eight months after that first UK tour. And it, it, uh, you know, not only getting to watch like our favorite band every night, but then, um, well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell this story. It's, it's embarrassing to me, but, um, I think it like Perfect. illustrates how quickly, like, you know, we, we 
became friends. The, the first night we played a show somewhere, who knows, and uh, we went out to a club afterward with them, and it was a pound doubles night at the club. And uh, all right, yeah, yeah. Well, this was great for me. I don't, I don't drink anymore, but uh, at the time, I drank a lot. And so, um, my my last memory is of like you know drinking a lot of of booze with them. The next thing I know, I'm awake, something sticking to my face, um, and I'm like pretty uncomfortable, and I, my head is like pounding, and I. Uh, I kind of like come to, I look up and I realize like, uh, my face is like covered in dried blood. There's a blanket stuck to it and I'm in a van I've never been in before. And, uh, I like slowly realize like, oh, I'm in the, the second smile van. My van is like nowhere to be found. And, uh, I've like clearly been injured like a head injury. And, um, eventually like they woke up and they're like, yeah, you know, you you walked away we went like had a great night at the club we were going back to the vans to leave and then you walked away for like a minute and you just came back with like blood pouring out of a wound on your face and uh and they like you know immediately were like come in our van lay down i mean they probably should have taken me to the hospital but like you know they they took me into the the like safe place um yeah immediately and like you know i'm sure it took care of me and made sure i had blankets and um, yeah. yeah. And from then on, it, it really just felt like, you know, we, we were as close as bands could be. You know, if, if the first night, like the band that you're on tour with, the drummer like destroys himself um, and then yeah. and then you like step up and and give him like a, a place to sleep. I don't you know, I don't know why my band didn't take care of me. I'm sure it was like of of no fault of their own. I'm sure I was being difficult or something. But, you know, they they it's lost to time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure they can tell you you know, I'll, I'll get a follow up. I'll email you. But, uh, yeah, I think just like they, we, we were always riding in their van. Um, you know, I think aside from the joy of getting to watch your favorite band every night and they, you know, they were like amazing live performers. Um, I, I think they put on like flawless performances, you know, every time I can't remember a show where I thought like, man, they really missed the mark. Um, mm-hmm. I was always like, so, so uh grateful to get to play with them because you know you just want to play with cool bands um who mm-hmm. like keep the the quality of the show high right and and mm-hmm. they never you know it always felt like man we really got to go out there and like do it now because they they have like set the bar um so yeah aside from like that part of it the like personal relationships with them were just like amazing i always felt like they were our brothers, you know, in another country and, and they showed us like, Mm. you know, the, the, like, you know, little parts of the culture that, uh, I don't think we would have gotten had we not been so close. Like we went one time we went, we had a day off or whatever. And a bunch of our people went to go see Stonehenge and, but instead like, I fine. Right. Nothing wrong with that, but it's a classic. Of course. Yeah. But I was like, fuck that. I'm going to go. They were playing a, is it called freshers week? They were playing a, <laughs> at some uni. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. and in like the the like student union hall. And I was like, can I come? And they're like, absolutely. And, <laughs> Hell yeah. you know, we, we went, they played like a burner of a show to like some, I don't know. I feel like the people probably could not have cared less, right? Like, it, it, <laughs> just you at the front going I mean, nuts. it really was. There's a picture from that show where I'm, I'm like clearly wasted and like rocking out and like nobody else is. But, 
And then we like, yes. you know, we stayed in a, a kid's dorm with them, right? And then like the next morning, their van got booted and they had to like, you know, deal with all this shit. And so like they, it really felt like they welcomed us into their world in a way that doesn't mm-hmm. always happen when you tour overseas because whatever, people have their own shit going on. And they, yeah. Uh, yeah, they were just so great, you know. I mean, they are so great, but like those times are... It, it felt like the world was, like I said before, like so big and then so small where you could you could be on tour with a band that you learn about from a forum post. Right. And, mm-hmm. and having like the best time of your life. So, yeah, th- those are yeah. those are fondest memories. You know, we did we did two UK tours, I think two, maybe three with them. Um, and uh, they're like, yeah, some of my best memories ever. So, yeah. I love that. Touring can be so grueling as well, especially if you're, I mean, if you're the headliner, you've got so much stuff to deal with left, right and center. But if you're a support act and you're getting in and you're basically just there for the for the ride and you're just proving yourself. And if, if the people who are like, it's their show are not sort of welcoming you in or talking to you, it, it gets that really weird divide mm. between two people that really you're, you're seeing each other every day. Yeah. Um, and I, I liked that you... Um, understood that not being like being in a in a bus is really different from being in a van because I think a lot of people aspire to be in the bus, but really, yeah. it smells. You're around what well, like twelve other people. Yeah, You're, there's no flexibility. <laughs> there's no you know, absolutely. I, I get that. Like at a point, you have to do that if you want to keep growing as a band. But you know, for for yeah. like a math you know mathcore post hardcore band from like you know we're, we're not there's a like ceiling to what we're going to become. So for me, yeah. I'm like, let's do it fun. Let's do it where we can, yeah. we can go to the dorm after the show. Right. Or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Did, did you see Stonehenge on the way no, back as well? Never, you can just drive straight past I've it. I've never been there. Uh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I, you know, I'll go someday. I'll go with my family or whatever. Like I'm not, I, I would never, that experience, like going to that freshers week was a thousand times better than I could ever imagine Stonehenge being. You know what I mean? So they're not going anywhere. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. Let me have these like personal experiences rather than these. You know, like absolutely. If it, yeah. if it makes you feel better, I used to live very close to it, yeah. and I drove past it maybe countless times. <laughs> I mean, does, did it um, lose its magic? Yes. Yeah, I imagine it's just some stones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they look great. Yeah. But hey. That's that's what it yeah. is. Um, final question yeah. before I let you go back to your day. Um, as an artist yourself, what has been like the lasting influence that you've taken away from Second Smile? Have they influenced you personally now? Are they still influencing you? Yeah, I mean, I think there's two levels. One, I don't, I didn't really talk about this very much, but like the personally for the me the drumming, um, mm-hmm. you know, Surge as he was known. You know, uh, they they all always had like great nicknames. You know, Surge yeah. and the Jazzer, and uh, <laughs> their bass player Phil was Regain. Uh, These make no sense, but I no, love I mean, I, I should also like I I promised myself I would have this like um, interlude, so I'm I'm gonna talk about it now. They always had great nicknames, and they we would always talk about where they're from, Bridport, and um, yeah. they had these like names for people in the town that were, you know, like amazing, like. Um, uh, chain man who was like a guy who would like menace people with a chain but like our favorites were this is like a potential band name were sideways head and the lifters and uh 
And so, like, uh, you know, there was a guy who, like, always had his head, you know, turned sideways. And then the lifters were, like, yeah. this mom and, and kid um, couple who would uh, – the kid would like pitch a fit in a store and then the mom would like, you know, make off with all sorts of merchandise and stuff. And yeah, they, they just had this like, you know, mystique surrounding them with these like crazy characters and names. But, but anyway, back to what I was saying that, you know, the drumming surge was always so like tasteful, but also brutal. You know, he had this um, ability to like, he would do like a clean um, ride pattern I would I you know I like rarely ever do like a clean ride pattern I'm always crashing on the ride and he would do these like clean ride patterns with like you know immaculate double bass work um that shouldn't work in a band like that right like they're not a band where a double like a double kick should add to it it should like stick out like a sore thumb and and somehow Mm -hmm. he he was able to like make it work at the right times he was always so tasteful with it and so I, for for me, like drumming wise, I think that was a huge uh, influence. Yeah, I mean, around that time, everyone wanted the double kick. Yeah, I you know everyone was buying them for Christmas. Everyone was starting post metal bands, yeah. post hardcore bands. I think I think it was like, you know, it's. I think the double kick is one of the most abused um, pieces of equipment in history, right? But like he he was able to do it in a way that was. It never felt like too much. I was always like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense right there. Um, and I, you know, yeah. I hope to emulate that. So that has, like, always stuck with me. Um, and then, like, as a whole, as a band, I mean, I think just the general quality of their output, um, you know, really, like, every song needed to be there um, mm. or was, like, qualified to be there. And, I, I you know, we've definitely, like, not done that there's out songs on albums where i'm like <laughs> ah, i probably shouldn't have put that on there um you know what would second smile have done they they definitely wouldn't they would have just done an eight song album that was perfect right there's no like duds on there and so you know there's probably some albums we should have just done eight songs and said like that's it and it's good uh but at least like being aware of that ethos that you know just put like strong stuff on there and they you know if you talk to them they might say like uh oh, this was whatever blah 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 that we, we should have done a seven song mm-hmm. album instead of eight because that one was a dud but as a fan i'm like you, you you did no wrong there's really there's really uh nothing like i would have changed about their trajectory um yeah so i don't know i think like i'm a little bit blinded by my love for them because mm. uh, other than just to say you know, I I also said like right when you when you hear a band that's great, you're like wow, we really got to bring it now, and like that was true uh, for their recordings and for their live performances. So I think if if nothing else, like just the the idea that you got to work hard because there's like people out there doing great, um, and and you know you can't phone it in. I guess that's the like lasting creative legacy is that you can't phone it in. They definitely did not, and so. Um, yeah, we, we need to, like, you know, give a shit. Uh, we need to just try harder. Yeah, well, or just um, be honest with yourself about where you're at, right? Like, Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Their songs never felt like they... Um, they, they never felt like they dragged on, as you touched on earlier, and they never felt... Nothing nothing felt, like, out of place, like right. you were saying, with the, with the kick pedals yeah. or the three guitarists. Yeah. It sort of fell together really nicely, and 
that's the great thing that's so hard to do in bands it's, because some people will just try and outshine other people totally yeah they, and yet they managed to yeah, do it they, they felt that's a great way to put it they felt like such a like perfectly aligned unit that you know there there was no nobody was like trying to hog the spotlight or you know that's how it felt like from the outside they really were working as like a a perfectly oiled machine um mm. and that's impressive with i mean what there's uh four dudes on walk the light and reach for the sky and five dudes on you know uh years like just by like virtue of of uh interpersonal relationships that should not have worked as as like seamlessly as it did but they, they managed to do it and that was the like vibe always in the van too you know they might have had like somebody might have gotten too drunk and they're like giving them shit or whatever but but there never felt like there was an odd man out they always felt really united mm-hmm. like a united front and that uh Man, even in a band with three people, like, we struggled with that frequently where, you know, the, like, team-ups happen all the time where it's two-on-one and we're, like, you know, shitting on somebody. Um, and, yeah, you know. Trios are tough. That's it's just true. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so yeah, they they uh, they were always a great unit. I You know, I miss them. I, I frequently wish that like I would have gotten to spend more time with them as a band I've seen them you know as people mm-hmm. since we've been back since then and there was one uh, we played a show um, in Bristol I think where everybody but Ross was able to come out Ross was on tour with uh, Lonely the Brave and and it was so awesome to get to see everybody again so yeah I'm you know mm. I guess I should start the campaign now for Second Smile Reunion 2021 it's it's out there. I'll get the GoFundMe going. We'll we'll do this right. Hopefully, hopefully, you can come and tour, and you can just say, "Look, the only band we want supporting <laughs> us on this one show is Second yeah. Smile. Just make it happen. Man, I mean, we'll give them all our guarantee. Oh, yeah. it's fine. I, dude, I I would do it. I, I, that's not even like, I know this is like joking, but I'm I would a hundred percent play a show where we made no money if we got to play with Second Smile. Like I would do it. I love them that much. They're you know they're such a an important band to us as a band. So. Um, yeah, let's, let's fucking do it. From what you said, I completely am not surprised by yeah. that. And that's a wonderful place to bookend yeah, it. Yeah, perfect. Come back, have a good time, and bring Second Smile with you. Thanks so much for being in the podcast, man. Really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Connor. Really, really appreciate you. Lovely stuff. There you have it. That is another episode of Band on Band Under the Belt. Just want to say thank you to Andrew for showing up, having a lovely time, and just being an all-round pleasure to talk to. Band on Band was hosted by me, Connor P. Laws. I've not gone anywhere, and it's edited by my good friend and guitar hero fan, Oscar Lydiard. That's that. Let's, uh, let's keep this rolling. Only a couple more left of the year. Thanks for listening. Tell us who you want to be on next. Someone needs to come on and talk about Jamie Lanham. He keeps emailing me. All right, see you later. Uh, that's all. Bye.